Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hello and welcome to Jen Taylor Rerouting, where being rude is never acceptable, but sarcasm is welcome and swearing isn't always a bad option. Let's get started. Welcome to Mom's Running It. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Erica Duran. You can find Erica at ericaduran.co and you'll have all the links in that. Erica, welcome to Mom's Running It. Hi, thanks for having me. It's wonderful. And we found out we have almost the same birthday, except I'm right. a few years older, right? <laughs> Makes us Sagittarius, which right. I don't know if that means anything, but it's fun. We're supposed to be the luckiest sign. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'd have to agree. <laughs> to some degree, I think that's right. And I'm super excited about your story. I think things tend to happen to me. Tell me if this is how they work for you. I have to hear something two, three, four times. It's not like I need a sign. I need like a two by four. And your name actually came up like a two by four several times. And then I realized I, it was the same person that I kept hearing about. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I was curious to how you heard about me. <laughs> a friend of mine who is a business coach different than a little different than how you do things, um, which is great. She said, you need to, you need to look this lady up. So I did. And I, like I uh, internet stalked you and <laughs> <laughs> read everything on your website and saw the kissing the dolphin picture. And, um, and I know that's something you actually bring up late in, in one of your podcasts or in something that I read that some people may look at your website and think it's not this perfectly professional three piece suit, arms crossed <laughs> yeah. behind the white, in front of the white wall, you know, it's palm trees and, and, I feel like that's more relatable. Um, but I yeah, found you there. I said if anyone was going to not work with me because I have a dachshund and palm trees on my website, then they can just keep walking. <laughs> exactly. So then I, I heard your podcast on John Lee Dumas on the Oh, okay. And I was like, geez, there's something so familiar about this. Anyway, so long story short, finally, the two by four hit enough that I reached out to you. So I appreciate that. And I want to touch on a couple things. because I've listened to several podcasts and I've looked at your information and I like to kind of be a little off the beaten path. So yes. some information people can find and learn. I know that you are an only child. Right. And um, your childhood was really pretty good nothing your parents were together until you were much older um that part of life was good but you commented that you were kind of an entrepreneur it was sort of ingrained in you since you were little tell me about that well i was i didn't have anyone to model as being an entrepreneur but it was something that was kind of always inside of me and maybe because i was an only child and didn't have anyone else to talk to. I was left with myself a lot and a lot of introspection, I guess. But uh, yeah, I just I just knew I didn't like any rules or uh, like playing along with the game everyone had. And I know it sounds cliche because everyone's kind of saying that now on the internet, but there was just something before the four hour work week, before all of this lifestyle kind of became a thing, in the online world, I, I just knew something could be different when I was 
I can remember as little as nine or 10 trying to start some kind of stationary business on the corner instead of a lemonade stand. <laughs> right. No, you wanted to go big. No lemonade. Right. <laughs> and you did, you've done some really cool things. And one thing that I love about everything that I've read is you took things, skills that you were innately good at or learn, you learned them. And organization was a huge one. Yeah, organization with physical things and time management, productivity stuff. I was total geek in junior high with my Franklin Covey planner and everything. I was too. <laughs> I heard that. And you even thought it. And like, I, you know, instantly if it's a Franklin Covey person by just saying, well, Franklin Covey or your belief window, you know, you use yeah. <laughs> you use quadrant. What quadrant are you in right now? Exactly. <laughs> and you instantly know if they're a Franklin Covey follower or not, but right. whether there's no reaction. So when I, when I heard that about you, I was like, oh, I know where her head's at with that. So you worked the nine to five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seven. a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were things that you can really like about a business or that attract you and hate at the same time. Tell me what, where was the disdain in working for someone else? Uh, it w I'm not a morning person, so it was the, you know, get up at seven to drive an hour to get somewhere by nine and take your lunch at a certain time and you can't go, what do you mean you can't go get your nails done in the middle of the day? Like, why would I go when it's busy? Definitely. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> um, you know, to, when to take vacation, all that, all that kind of stuff. I just, it didn't jive with me. And I would think, oh my, 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 I always saw my supervisor were so stupid and they were making more money than me. And I was like, why are you doing it this way? It's so, this is such a waste of time to be doing, having these meetings that don't mean anything. And just all the, um, all the other employees just kind of talking around the water cooler and scrolling through Facebook and just whatever they're doing, they're not working. Right. So it's a waste of time. <laughs> waste of time. Yeah. And that goes back to the time management aspect, but, but then having to, having to sit there till five or even beyond to look busy or look like you should be promoted, like you're putting in the extra effort and extra mile. And I, so I got my all my work done in the first hour of the day, and then I'm just sitting there till five and beyond to kind of look good. Right, <laughs> and that's not fun. And I, yeah. I totally get that. And you, there were some aha moments for you. Um, you ran Clutterbutt. Well, you really wanted to do your own thing, so you did, and you did Clutterbutt, which was very right. successful, and you did it for a long time. And I, so I have a question about that though. You sold everything. You've done it a couple times. Just right. sold everything you own, the house, everything. Um, and you made good money at your job, too. So it wasn't like you wanted to do something on your own to earn that six figures. For you, it was the freedom, correct? Right, because, because I, I wanted to be time and location independent, but the more complex clutter good bugs got and having a warehouse full of clutter that I had to show up to every day was not for me. And I just kind of woke up one day and was like, why am I a minimalist? And now I'm surrounded by all these other people's clutter, which is like more gross than your own clutter. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> And that was my next question. When you sold everything that first time, did you, did you maintain that minimalist lifestyle? Well, there were several stages. So I sold the house in 
I, the first time I was married and very Martha Stewart, so I had everything well organized and labeled, but there was a lot of things. There was the summer linen and the winter linen and this Christmas thing and that Thanksgiving set of dishes. So there was a lot of stuff, but it was very organized and labeled. And that first time, that first fell swoop was to sell all that kind of extra stuff and downsized my expensive gated community Orange County house to live by the beach. So that was the first level. The second level was getting it down to a, basically a, a suitcase or, or a kind of full Volkswagen convertible Beetle. <laughs> right. And we, we are minimalist also. It looks, I love that it looks different for all of us, but that process is, it is painful. And that I, because you went through that, you could understand people's sentiment and their pain and their attachment so with Clutterbugs, I imagine not only the time management, the organization, but also you took that pain away from them by coming in and saying, well, but what if I could get this much for it? You right. That helped. Anymore, do you? <laughs> that helped uh, giving them, taking their stuff on consignment and, and giving them money in return, ease the pain a little bit. But I... Honestly, when I look back, I was a horrible professional organizer because I was like, why do you have all this crap? I'm, like, I, was, <laughs> it, I didn't want to organize it. I wanted to get a big truck to just yeah. start over. <laughs> right. And yeah, no kidding. And, and I wasn't sure because I know you sold everything. You sold everything first because you didn't need the house. You didn't need the stuff. That, but it was also what helped launch you to do your own thing. Right. Selling, selling my own stuff helped give me the money to not at first not panic and everything and and start the online business um, so that was probably a not so good thing because I had all this cushion in the beginning so I didn't really have to hustle that much in the beginning I had you know ocean view apartment well, you know everything was beautifying you know if I worked two days or not who cared you know kind of thing so right but and then you wanted to do your own thing a huge part of that was the freedom and the time and living on the beach and going running and spending time with your dogs basically doing whatever you wanted and then you kind of became a slave to the business that you had started the Clutterbugs business right and, and found yourself in the same thing same rat race same situation just you were the CEO right <laughs> instead of sitting at a desk board which is a step up Right. <laughs> but it wasn't the step that you wanted. Right. So in there, in this time period, and I know I'm jumping around time frame wise a little bit. You were, you had divorces, disease, death. Tell me when that was compared to leaving the corporate world and starting Clutterbugs and then ending Clutterbugs. Where was all of that happening? So all the death and diseases and, well, I got divorced twice. So once was like I was still in corporate, total corporate. And the, the last time was two years after I left, left corporate. So 2006 ish. Um, actually we were separated for almost six years and not officially divorced. So that was another long story. Oh, wow. um, but uh, as far as the constant death, disease, like destruction, everything that was only, um, you know, five, it's been a, I'm a year out of it. So it was the five oh, years okay. prior. So 2015 and behind. So 15. Yeah. So you had sold Clutterbugs already. 2012-ish. Okay. So in that whole, so what was going on with family? I mean, I know divorces. I've been divorced. Yeah. Two divorces. Um, 
I, I don't have kids. I have dogs and just uh, one dog passing away after another and not just passing, but two years of chemotherapy uh, every week going to chemotherapy with them or uh, just all kinds of doctor's appointments. So it wasn't one day I put my dog to sleep. It was two years of stuff going on. And then my dad had cancer as well, the same time my dogs did. And uh, the divorce in the middle of that, the business, of course, not very solid because I'm a mess. Uh, just uh, I had to even move out of my that Ocean View apartment I talked about. I had to move out of that because it was uh, if, just completely infested with mold and I kept getting sick. So just, oh, wow. like, just all kinds of things going on. <laughs> so I know in some of your information, you've talked about how there were times you were almost homeless or you had to, you were right there where bankruptcy was there, um, kind of knocking at your door. Was this all that same time period? Yeah, it's it's ups and downs. That particular moment that you probably heard on John Lee Dumas' show was about two years ago. So not that long ago. No, not that long ago. So I know you road tripped and you got a new dog in a different state. I remember reading <laughs> Yeah. That. And I was like, oh, That was one, one road trip. Yeah, well, actually, my dad left me the, he earmarked that money to get a new dog. So oh. that was one, one of the things that, yeah. So I found Vienna online and I got, a, I had got another mini dachshund just randomly in uh, 2010. So. Okay. <laughs> so that road trip was kind of pivotal. And that's, I love those stories. You know, the, this was literally off the beaten path because you were road tripping, but you went and got this puppy and kind of, that was kind of like the breath you needed to regroup. Is that right? Yeah, a little bit. And some strange things happened along the way. Uh, my friend and I took a wrong turn and ended up, we were in Arizona going to Texas, but we ended up in this place that looked exactly like my dad's town in Montana. And it, he was a hunter and it even said hunters welcome and all these weird things kept going on this trip. And like I said, um, this dog, I found it, my friend found it on the internet randomly. I wasn't planning on getting another dog. My other dog just passed away and then getting on this weird road trip and then lightning almost killed us. There's just a lot of things going on. In that. Those are the stories I love. <laughs> it was a lot of, yeah, it was a, there was just so many things. It, it was a complete rainstorm and the lightning uh, hit, was hitting the, the road water and I just asked my, my dad for help. Um, I'm not that religious or spiritual or anything, but I just like, please let, let's get through this. And it just parted, everything just parted. So there's a lot of weird things going on on that trip. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I kind of regrouped after that trip. And I, before this, I was going through all the deaths and everything. And I, uh, I kind of nested a little bit back in Newport beach. And then after that trip, I'm like, no, what I really, I don't, this, I'm just pretending that I want to be here, you know, and, just, and so I went, I left again. Yeah. Is that when you went to Hawaii? I went to, uh, yes, that's when, when I started, uh, I took a little bit of time in Arizona for a summer uh, at a family's house, with, they're never there, so I took a little bit of time to regroup, and then I started getting the podcast sponsors to kind of start traveling in better style, uh, even though I couldn't aff I afford it at the moment, uh, just getting that break um, 
that finally like something good happening and something you know extraordinary really I don't even have a podcast and I just asked them if they could if they would sponsor me I wrote them this really long letter and they said yes so that was it was my favorite resort in the world so that was my that's really a a pivotal moment is them saying yes and then it from there it just uh, structured my whole brand around basically Hawaiian tropical luxury so it that really was a big part. So it was, I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse a little bit in it. You put yourself out there. Yeah. It, it kind of fell into place the way it fell into place. It did. And, and taking, just being really aware of what opportunities are out there instead of, you know, stuffing my head in a hole. So, you know, maybe the self-isolation part and, and all that. I, I try, you know, not to do that. And, and, and keep getting out there through media and content and uh, just asking, asking. <laughs> so you do the luxury experience. Now you're in Vegas right now. I'm in Vegas right now. What are you doing in Vegas right now? I'm doing uh, VIP day luxury intensives where we work six hours uh, together and uh, basically map out all the, all the business. So it's kind of like my 90 day program, but in one day. So it's pretty, <laughs> it's for people that want fast results and want a big experience out of their coaching. Yeah, I, I thought that's what it was. And I'm glad that's very, very cool. Really great. I'm the one day person myself. That's yeah. <laughs> now your podcast, is it, most people do podcasts through Libsyn or something like that. You, do you do it through a radio? No, it's through Lipson. It is through Lipson. Yeah. Okay, so I know when I listened to a couple of them, there was something about radio, and I was a little confused, but I thought, well, maybe that's the anti-techie in me, just not. Well, <laughs> you know what that's from is because a lot of my audience, they're just a tad bit older, over 35, 40, and they don't even know what a podcast is. So I had a, I kind of put radio in there for that older non-millennial crowd. Okay. Okay. See, that's why I was confused. I'm trying yeah. to bridge the gap. I'm 45. Yeah. So I was like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> well, now it's on, uh, it's going to be on iHeartRadio and all now. So I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I love that you took, you kind of picked all these things that you're innately or trained to be good at and married them into a career that's successful that in turn helps other people be successful right. and um i mean that's so i had a coach probably about 10 years ago because i my ex-husband was a dentist so i stopped going to college to work in the dental practice so i kind mm -hmm. of when we divorced didn't know what else to do and worked in the dental practice and really liked it but it wasn't my dream and so i did i didn't have a dream i had kids i couldn't go back to college and it was a really good experience I have great memories and you make a comment on one of the other podcasts about just because you've invested in something once, whether it's um, even social media, mm -hmm. and it doesn't work well. Don't think that nothing else will ever work well. And I, I've always thought, I just didn't find the right coach. Right. She good. She did. I still think about it a lot. There's a lot of reflection from it, but it didn't project me anywhere. So tell me, What's kind of your process for the projection of people and what they're doing? Right. In, in my coaching or just how they should keep investing because they keep changing and everything keeps changing. Well, that's huge. Yeah. I, <laughs> I agree. That, I mean, that's huge. But yeah. I mean, initially, if someone comes to you 
and says, I don't know, who am I and what do I want to do? Or I kind of know who I am and what I want to do. Or I want to do this, but I don't know how. Where do you go? What are your kind of basic steps? Okay. I, okay, I understand. Okay, so I get two two schools of people coming to me. One is the person in frustrated, stuck in a nine to five job that wants to get out and they have no clue what they want to do, who they want to be, but they know they want to get out. And the other crew is uh, people that have been at their online business for a year or two and they're not really having any traction they uh, follow everyone online, they're downloading every free thing, they're listening to all the podcasts, and they just, things are a mess and in the wrong order, and they're kind of just modeling everyone else instead of tapping into their true desires and their true business model and everything and their true brand. So that's my first three weeks to four weeks with someone is super messy, uncovering all the BS and getting their true desires out there and you know letting them have the space to give themselves permission to do what they really want to do when we finally find that golden nugget with them they they always ask me can i really do that like it's so silly they can i really do like, yeah <laughs> like why why can't you and so that's probably the first 3 or 4 weeks i tell them right on my first free session it's going to be really messy the first few weeks and then it well, all comes together I imagine it's like putting all your baggage out on the street. I mean, it's not much different than clutter bugs, right? Going yeah. And like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to take all your crap and set it out That's on the street. All salvation. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. True, true. I even use that as an example. If they already have a business and it's not working, I go, you know, we're going to take every single thing out of your business and look at it and try it on just like when you're redoing your closet. And then we're only going to put back the things that are necessary and fit and are make you happy. <laughs> so right. I even still use that analogy. And most stuff doesn't fit and doesn't Right. But, and, and that is that is so true. And once you kind of go through minimalism, at first it at first it's your stuff, your physical, like the table, and you realize you don't need it. And then it becomes like the junk in your email, mm -hmm. and and it's just a matter of taking that extra second to unsubscribe, right? Put it in the junk file instead of delete. I mean, really, the steps aren't that hard. They really don't take a whole lot longer. You just have to do that. And then it's like the people in your life. And then it's. I mean, then it's everything. Then it's your yeah. emotional stuff. So and your food and everything. Everything. Right. You know, you're a runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. So now I need to come to Hawaii to run away. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have a friend in the Ironman race and not me, though. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll do medals at the finish line at that point. Um, so I would say with myself, with anybody I know, the thing that stops us, a lot of that can be like really just the clutter of not knowing who we mm. are and then not believing. And it's a lot of it's fear-based. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you, would you say? Yeah, especially. They'll get really excited for a week. They'll kind of backslide a little bit and start doubting themselves and start coming up with reasons why it's not a good idea and things like that. When you know they were so excited in the beginning, you know that you saw that spark of genius and excitement. It's not, you know, they're just having their chatter going on. I think even though you can be pretty secure and confident and um, even know what your value is, even if you kind of really know what you want to do, it's still scary to put yourself out there in that way. 
Right. I'm sure you you've experienced that. Yeah, my podcast was five months late launching because it was such a thing for me. So my okay. video my videos were six months late launching because it was such a thing. Like that's going to be out there. Right. <laughs> like I can't. I could take it back. I could delete it, but I didn't want to. You know, deep down, I. Um, so I lost you for just a second. Oh, there yeah. it goes. Well, yeah. it's true. We don't, I mean, it's, it's hard to be raw and vulnerable because you don't want to be rejected. You don't, you're excited about that idea. Yes, this is who I am and what I want to do. And then it's like, oh my God, what if somebody doesn't like me? And yeah, that's hard. not just that, but this, this has to work. I need the money. This has to work. <laughs> right. And that's the other side of it too. And that, and that's a huge fear. And that's something that you address a lot. Um, you know, give yourself that 90 days. You can do it. But, you know, for me, I have to make a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. There's not, there's not, there's no, no real wiggle room in there. Um, and I'm pretty lucky. It's not like so much that I have to mm -hmm. But it's still, it, that's still true. That's good about that. being minimalist too. You don't, your bills are very minimal. <laughs> for that's the most true. Part. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We've got to get more kids out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so other than the procrastination, what stops people from really being authentic to themselves? Uh, I think that there is just way too much modeling going on too closely. I even see it with people that follow me and my you know, sometimes I'll go look at my email list and look up people's websites just to see what type of people are following me. And I look at the website and it, it it's not copying me per se, but the same like design-esque of it or something is just a little too recognizable. Something's just a little too close to home sometimes when I look at it, which is very flattering. But if they if they model me or anyone else too closely, they're not going to attract the right clients for them because it's they're just not going to attract anyone because there's something going to be off and that's a branding issue am i right yeah i believe so if, if it's you're just off brand if you're using someone else's voice and someone else's you know fonts and everything yeah, right. yeah, that's a little too close to home yeah. <laughs> i picked my font so <laughs> that's getting creepy <laughs> yeah. but um, at the same time, and it is, it, I can imagine that it's flattering, but I also have to say, you, you said that you're, the groups of people that are working with you are in that 35 and up, and branding is like a alien. That, you couldn't get more alien to me than people say branding and I smile and nod. Yeah. I, <laughs> so how do you bridge those gaps? Right. Non-millennials. Right. So, and even the millennials too. I mean, I don't think brand, I mean, we were joking about fonts and things like that. And brands aren't really about your colors and your no. font and your logo. Brands are really what you stand for and, and your messaging. So getting your marketing and your messaging in alignment to who you are and your brand is very important to attract the right kind of clients. Because if I started modeling John Lee Dumas, people are like, what the hell yeah. <laughs> is going on here? So what, what I like to do with clients is really dive into what they, what they loved as a child, what they do on the weekends, when they're not working, what their hobbies are, uh, if there's anything neat like minimalism or anything to pull out of their brand, 
you know, like mine has palm trees and dachshunds on my website, like those kind of things. Or I ask them if you, if you live with other people, if you had the house to yourself for a week, what would you do? Like little questions like that, you know, cause we always do some things different when we're alone than if we have a house full of people. So, you know, where would you go on vacation? Um, if money were an issue, you know, what would you do? Kind of trying to pull those things out of them and then incorporating them into their brand so that they make their competition irrelevant. Right. Because it really, that's one thing that I, I'm lucky I figured out pretty early on. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if there's competition. You're still unique. Who can't let, like, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> let oh, it go, God. Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Maybe they want to be like you because people don't think that it goes the other way. You know, mm -hmm. that's a mirror they're looking back at you too at who cares about everyone else <laughs> so you did one thing and I don't know what the time frame was but you charge on your American Express card your own coaching when was that when did that happen uh it's happened several times throughout my career but the the biggest one where there was no cushion was uh, that two years ago, right? Okay. When it was pay, pay my rent, pay my credit, other credit cards off or buy coaching. So I thought if I pay, if I pay my rent and buy pay my credit cards off, I'm never going to get out of this situation because <laughs> I'm not going to learn <laughs> what I need to learn. So. so what happened? So you did that. You didn't pay your rent. You didn't pay your credit card. You maxed your American Express instead for coaching. And that's terrifying. Yeah. That's how it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really makes you not procrastinate or uh, fuddle around at all, you know. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. yeah, within 30 days, I sold a $5,000 package. So um, wow. I, think, I think people, and I also got a retainer for, it ended up being almost $20,000 over two years. So um, those, those two things happened pretty much the same around that same time. And I, th I think it is, you, you know, not having a net and no, you know, no family may, a lot of my family's passed away and, um, divorced. So yeah. <laughs> you had nothing to lose and you right. went for it. And I think that that's true and that the minimalism, that kind of, um, stream of thought, of getting rid of all of the extra stuff kind of helps too with that. Mm -hmm. So now, now you've been doing this and you can live anywhere you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your business travels with you. You can do it from anywhere. Right. And what do you like better? Do you like when people do the three months slow agonizing coaching? <laughs> <laughs> painful, bleeding out, <laughs> or the, these really intense days that you're doing like right now? Uh, I, I don't really have a preference uh, per se. The, the longer packages aren't agonizing for me in any way. If that's the right container, if that's the right space for them, that's the right package for them. Um, personally, I think the VIP days are a lot more exciting and they get a lot more bang for their buck, I guess, especially now because, well, let me back up. I think it really is about being in the presence of your mentor and everything and getting that personalized one-on-one -on -one in person is very important and also getting them out of their environment. So like my 90 day and my six month people, 
you know, we get off the phone and they got to go cook dinner and they got to go pick up the kids and it's just a big mess. But in the VIP days, they get to arrive a day early and rest and soak up the luxury and then they leave uh, the next day. So they have another night to soak up what they've learned. Uh, they don't have to rush off and take care of anyone else. Uh, so that's a, that's a big thing. And now I just added my Club Alihi group coaching and mastermind to, as a bonus to the VIP day. So it's no longer just one day. It's six months. Basically. Oh, yeah. okay. So they do the intense one day and then you track them? Uh, well, no, they, they do the intense one day and then they're part of Club Alihi, which is a group program. So okay. they, they get access to me for six months, really. So it's really not one day anymore. And I just did that last week. <laughs> so. oh, well, that, no, see, like, that marries everything. That's great. Right. And you used to kind of, you traveled around for a while and you were trying and clients kind of got used to seeing you. And they, of course, I would rather see you than not, than email you. Um, and they got used to that and it made you, that was kind of exhausting. Yeah, it was, it was all before I totally went online. It was when I was trying to bridge being an organizer and a productivity expert. So people, I, I can understand coming to your house to help you organize your pantry. But if we're just talking about your calendar and your, your time management, I don't need to be there. Right. So that was kind of me. I'm, 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 my time management is, suffering because you have this need to see me. And that was because we met at in-person networking groups. We didn't meet online. So there was that whole, it was a, what, five, five to seven years ago. So it, right. it was, it, the internet wasn't, the internet dating was still weird. <laughs> and stuff like that. This is very um, fun. Right. <laughs> So, it's online dating. <laughs> right. So that was still weird and all, but it was really my mindset too that I felt like I had to be there in person. It, it was, they got better results when we were online because they were so focused and not looking at my shoes and things like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this is a good balance because I like the more intense. And I think a lot of people that can, you're right, get, get that person out of their environment. That's, I didn't think about that part of it. Yeah, that's and, huge. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's huge. And um, really, did you have? if I had you for a certain amount of time, I would want to do everything I possibly could crammed <laughs> into that time with zero distractions. Please do it all right now, the second. But I love the follow-up that you're doing now. So that really, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, there was always a follow-up session online, uh, but right. now it's a long, very long follow-up session. And, you know, I set their expectations in the very first part of the VIP day. I don't let them come at me with a whole laundry list because it's just going to wear them out and me out. So we right. really focus on the top three to five things that are their next steps and that's part of not having a scarcity mentality is that you can always book another VIP day. You don't have to suck the long. <laughs> right. Which is true. I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to, Rome wasn't built, you know, you don't need an elephant in one bite, <laughs> but, but still it would be nice to have that kind of jump start to things and not have the distractions. Right. So I, I one of the podcasts I listened to, you talked about, I kind of, I couldn't listen to everything. So wait, first you have a book coming out. Did it already come out? Urban Escape? No, it didn't come out yet. That's a project that got put on the back burner. Okay. Uh, it didn't come out yet. Still I planned. Yeah. I, 
I this one uh, author I spoke to, uh, you might know her name, Tanya Brown. She was one of my clients. Yeah. And she said something at a, when we were having lunch one day, she said, you know, don't tell your story while you're still bleeding. So, no. yeah, that, so I kind of wanted more perspective on it. And I didn't want it to be a silly, like, work from anywhere, you know, laptop on the beach looking kind of book because there's too many of those. So mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to give it some space and not do the whole thing I see on Amazon. <laughs> right. That's understandable. Although it is attractive. I, I want a tiny house on wheels and I don't know that we'll move it out of the yard, but I want to know that I can move it out of right. the yard. <laughs> so I want to be able, everything has to be contained in the tiny house on wheels. At this point, that's the goal. But, um, yeah, you don't want it to look like everybody else's or feel like everyone else's and your experience is not like everyone else's. So, it should be. Yeah. You made a comment somewhere in something. <laughs> I wrote down like a random notes that people like to be led. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go into that a little bit because you're you're working with entrepreneurs who are leaders and stronger personalities, a lot of them. So tell me about that. Yeah, a lot of them are new though, and and everyone likes to be led. I mean, they're paying for the support and guidance so they don't make the same mistakes I did per se and things like that. So um, I, I think they still like to be led. I mean, if, if someone, I still value coaching greatly, you know, I still invest in coaching and everything. Cause I do not that I like to be led, but I like to not be alone in everything. That, I think that's a better way to, um, summarize that because, right. um, when you said that, I thought that's so true, but I'm not the person that wants to be led. So where do I fit in that? Because I still crave that coaching and mm -hmm. yeah we don't like to be alone and and kept on task and right. accountable mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. even because the second you know I wanted to write a book forever and the second I had the option and you know we're not married but my partner looked at me and said you know what take a take some time and write the book I was like oh crap <laughs> now, now I'm accountable to somebody right now I have to produce or or just talking the talk. And that's what you're there for. You're, you were there as accountability also. Right. Accountability. And, and the time management background helps with setting up their projects and everything and discerning what's more important at the moment and things like that. Because it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's almost mm -hmm. overwhelming for all of us. So, okay. So I like that kind of better. And then you did the eight strategies the successful modern entrepreneur and uh, <laughs> if I can say it and I it made me giggle because you're like women are naturally naturally have six of these and I'm like yep got it uh-huh <laughs> and you hit the two last ones I'm like I, this can't be that hard and the first one was risk taking I was like, yeah you're yep you lost me you definitely lost me there <laughs> don't have that one so yeah. how do you get through I mean there there are eight and there's probably offshoots on all of them but, um, and a lot of them are things that you were really good at, but, um, the risk taking, that was the first one where I, the breaks, mm -hmm. yeah. how do you get through those moments of hitting the breaks with people? Yeah. Well, I hate to keep sounding like a broken record, but having a coach to push you through that is going to help. Uh, also just be, just working on your confidence, uh, in, in different ways is going to help with that too. I think I just have a, a risk-taking streak and I, people tease me because I'm in, 
I'm in Vegas and I, I don't know the first thing about gambling. I know nothing about gambling. I never really gambled. And, and they tease me, they're here in Vegas. I'm like, yeah, but I gamble every single day of my life being an entrepreneur. I see, you know, I don't need to gamble in Vegas. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so in all your stories of the lightning and the water, what's been the biggest surprise to this journey? Or the, I don't know, the most difficult, the most fun, the most unexpected? Uh, yeah, it wasn't even the lightning and all. It was actually um, uh, Hilton agreeing to sponsor the launch of the podcast. That was just the, like, a, a whoa moment, I guess. What, <laughs> what did you do when you got that email back? <laughs> it's funny you asked me that. You've, no one's asked me that before. And I literally saw the from Hilton and I shut my laptop I couldn't, and I went to the gym. I couldn't open it. <laughs> so you had to eventually come home. Yeah, I thought it was another rejection letter. <laughs> yeah. And that's tough, but you, you can't get affirmations. You can't get people to say yes. If you don't send it, if right. you don't ask a question, right. I, I mean, in doing this podcast, and I'm still banking on my podcast. So you can't go and find it yet. You can find a lot of other stuff, but you can't find a podcast episode. And when I ask people and they say yes, I'm like, holy crap. She's like, okay, you know what? I want you to schedule me right now. I'll move things around. I don't want you to back out. You know what I mean? So where were you in that? Because I know my feeling when people say yes and it's unexpected. Okay. Um, I mean, it was such a an authentic from the heart email that I sent to them. I just felt it in my gut that they would say yes. And I put even little funny jokes and personality into it too. And when the marketing director, when I was there the first day, the marketing director took me to dinner and, and she did, she said my letter stood out because they get a lot of letters from bloggers and things like that. And she said, no, your letter stood out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So that's another, that's another reason to, you know, speak who you are and, and stick to your own voice as your brand because I think that's what made it stand out, the, the letter. Right. I love that you shut your laptop and went to the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. I mean, not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I literally shut it. <laughs> and so I don't know. I, I haven't heard anybody ask you this question either, but you've been divorced. So now you kind of, you, you have a home base in Hawaii and you kind of move around and you don't have to have a home base. So what are relationships like now? Yeah, well, just to clear that up, I've been divorced twice, and right. uh, my base is actually in Orange County, not Hawaii. So oh, it still is? Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. so that's kind of my, I, I just see that as home, even though I don't really have a base there. Right. Uh, and you know what, uh, my friends ask me this, but I, but I haven't been asked on um, professionally, you're right, and I just have this thing where I feel like I, not wasted, but the first 35 years of my life were getting into a relationship, getting out of a relationship, getting married, planning a wedding, getting divorced. Like my whole life, that was like my full-time job was these relationships and the whole, the time and the, the, the oh, complications of it all. And, and I just... At the moment, I have no de desire right now to get into any type of relationship. And 
that might sound weird and it might be, I need to go to therapy or uh, it might be because all the deaths and everything, but that's, I really thought about it and I just, just nothing <laughs> right now. No, right it now. doesn't sound weird. It's <laughs> to who you are. Yeah. But I know every time I see anyone doing anything where they don't have as strong a home base, that's one of the first things like, come on, Erica, don't you want to date? And no, you don't <laughs> want to date. Yeah. You don't have to want to do that ever at all. You don't have to yeah. fit into a box. But Maybe uh, someday. Um, but for right now, I just feel so exhausted from that piece of my life. Not that I was, you know, this big hurt or anything like that. I don't feel, I don't feel like I'm avoiding it. I just like up to other things right now. And uh, I really do felt feel like the first 35 years, that was my, you know, full-time career <laughs> and that isn't that what we're kind of taught we're taught to get the job and work with nine to five and look busy at your computer and get the raise and have the house and get the car and get married and have 2.4 kids and um it's I think I feel like sometimes it's so ingrained we feel like we should or we're disappointing everybody if we don't and I mean I did the opposite I adopted everybody's kids yeah so, <laughs> you know we don't have to fit into a box you can do it right. any way you want and so I was kind of hoping you'd touch on that because um, I'm sure it's not something people professionally ask. You. Yeah. <laughs> Erica, how's dating going? Yeah. Well, some, I mean, of the, some of the weird uh, digital nomad guys. <laughs> well, and that, was, I, that was another offshoot. Of <laughs> like, hey, you're so good at getting my life together. Why don't you finish getting my life together? And <laughs> that wouldn't be fun at all. So tell me the lowest point was going through all that. Was part of the low point get selling Clutterbugs and moving on and starting over? Or was that a relief? Or was it both? Yeah, it wasn't really a low point because I was over it. Mm -hmm. uh, but the piece that was weird for me was uh, my uh, CPO, Certified Professional Organizer Certificate, came up for a renewal. And it's only $300, but it's 300 unnecessary spending on it if I'm not going to do that anymore. It's is silly and I just had this real identity crisis with giving that up for some reason the CPO after my name and all this stuff and I one of my friends who's really good at business he he talked me through this and he's like well how many people have this thing and I go I think only like a hundred people in America or something he's like and I think that's precious like oh only a hundred people have it and he's like that's not even a real thing <laughs> he's like <laughs> that's great certification <laughs> right. like so you let it go yeah I let it go and 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 now all the professional organizers that come to me ask me if they should get it and it's up to them but I honestly I think it's a waste of money <laughs> right it's amazing how things shift with time I and, put your money into marketing instead of that thing <laughs> right right this has been so fun and so awesome and so different than I thought it would be which is great <laughs> Like one tidbit or one like super funny story, um, anything embarrassing ever happened? I like the off the beaten path conversation. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going to sound pretty boring with this. <laughs> no, nothing no. really. Yeah, not, I, I'm trying to think anything funny or um, I guess 
I mean, it was, it was uh, unexpected to get on the Entrepreneur on Fire show. That was pretty funny and pretty recent uh, because I, I'm in Podcasters Paradise, which is their mastermind group. And I emailed Kate, John Lee Dooms' girlfriend, and said, hey, you know, wh where, when are you taking more interviews or where do I apply and blah, blah, blah. And she said, we're not really taking applications till next October because we're so full. And then I was like, no, whatever. And I applied anyway. I found the application online and applied anyway. And then within a month, I was on the show. So I, it's not really a funny story, but it's unexpected and it it's kind of a learning point for your audience to do it anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. I would have to absolutely agree with that. That's a great nugget. Just do it. I mean, the worst thing people are ever going to do is say no. Mm -hmm. The next thing is they're not going to respond. Right. But who cares? I mean, what does that cost you really? Right. And they're more worried about themselves than what you're doing anyway. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, no, nobody's nobody's generally searching and concerned about you so yeah. <laughs> i wish they were so from vegas thank you for taking time with me today it's been super fun and exciting and now i clearly need to hire you um so i'm ready i'm ready to go oh <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know this was that type of interview <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't at all but i'm like oh and this i should have done a better coaching and i i do need to keep doing that and it's true. People, you really need to find someone that you click with, but it is absolutely true that continuing, you can be the best coach ever and still need to have a coach. And, and oh, yeah. great point that you made earlier that you don't hit this. You're not suddenly the Dalai Lama of coaching and you don't need anything anymore. So I appreciate you. Oh, not at all. We can't do surgery on ourselves at all. Like right. that's one thing I learned. You really need outside perspective because I'll have, I'll have be having trouble with my sales conversations or something and just talk to another entrepreneur and they'll say one little thing and it doesn't even make sense. They'll say, well, you're marketing to women. And then some light bulb will just come off for me. I'm like, it doesn't really make sense. But to me, it hit me in the gut somehow. And Right. And that's true. So no, it, it was not an interview for your, <laughs> but hopefully people see the value in that. And I, I really appreciate you. I'll have all the links about how to find you, but, but uh, it's pretty, you're pretty easy to find actually. Yeah. It's pretty obnoxious. No, no, it's not at all. I mean, if you type your name in, you right. <laughs> your website ericaduran.co and so it's super easy and i appreciate you oh i appreciate this so much and for the speedy uh setup <laughs> no problem it's my pleasure okay. thank you so much for listening in to jen taylor rerouting like share and of course comment i welcome input with attitude Get a copy of my book on Amazon, Hello, My Name is Warrior Princess, or check out my website, jentaylor.net. And if you still want more, sign up for one of my coaching packages.